What's up, folks? This is Justin, and you are listening to the Welcome to Your Doom show. This is episode number 32, and Atul and I are discussing the newest entry in the DC Extended Universe, Aquaman, starring Jason Momoa. Overall, we enjoyed the film, and it played a lot more like a rousing 80s adventure film than any of the other superhero films we've seen to date. A lot of quests, a lot of silly one-liners, a lot of cheese, a lot of fun. This episode's going to be a long one, but there's a lot of movie in this movie to unpack. And frankly, Utla and I wanted to unpack as much of it as we could. Also this week, we released episode three of our YouTube series, Drinking with Skeletons, and we were discussing a film called Better Watch Out, a solid Christmas horror film that you might want to add to your regular Christmas viewing schedule every year depending on how sick you are. We enjoyed the hell out of it. So check out the episode. It's live on YouTube now. You can check it out at youtube.com slash welcome to your doom. And from the bottom of our hearts, we say happy Christmas, happy new year, happy holidays, happy anything it is that you celebrate towards the end of December. We hope you had a great time and let's get this episode started. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to your doom. This is the Welcome to Your Doom show. I am one of your harbingers, Atul Katru. I am Justin Carcassole. And we are reviewing Aquaman today. It's about goddamn time. That's true. We've How? been talking about I, th- I feel like we've been talking about it because just because of like, all of the trailers and posters and all of that stuff have been coming out for like the last six months. Yeah. <laughs> and like I follow um, uh, Momo. Jason M- Momoa. M- Momo. On Instagram, the guy's been like all over the place. Yeah, have you seen the video yeah. of him doing the what's it called? Not haka. The haka. The haka. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure if it was food or a dance. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, man, it was crazy. Yeah. He starts it off with breaking the trident. Yeah, <laughs> he's just yeah. You know that there's somebody at the WB like, dude. <laughs> yeah, he's broken them before because he uh, on his YouTube channel he is actually documenting his whole world tour. He's doing to, yeah. to promote Aquaman. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where that's probably where you saw it or yeah. where it was attached to first mm-hmm. and he's broken tridents on like multiple occasions <laughs> he's like they just give me tridents <laughs> like they ship me a ton because i just end up breaking them all um but yeah i know he does the haka and he does a bit of a haka in this movie too i don't know if you've no- you noticed we can get into that uh, later, yeah there's a couple of moments in where he I just saw. starts speaking another language and getting a little like, crazy face yeah, yeah yeah getting that really intense crazy face i decided uh sorry i, I noticed that you decided um that you're not wearing a shirt. I almost did this completely <laughs> nude. I'm not wearing any pants, if that makes you feel better. No, I didn't have an Aquaman shirt, so I thought it uh, thought it appropriate to wear just an undershirt. So I see. I am. If you if you want to see me on YouTube, you may to our mostly male dominated viewership. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But no, um, I I did consider getting tribal tattoos all over my upper body. Yeah. I looked at the price and decided it wasn't feasible. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. But that being said, after watching this film, I've never wanted a tattoo, like a full body tattoo, more in my fucking life. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's pretty wild. Jason Momoa is like a god. The yeah. guy is... Yeah, he's a beast. He's a beast. He's a good looking beast. But at the same time, he seems like a guy that you just want to go and party with. Yeah, yeah. Like, he has that... He has that... Uh, it's like that genuine 
uh, uh, down to earth, yeah, kind kind of guy, and like you know, like through his social media and stuff. You know what? I used to, I used to feel like like The Rock was like that, like Dwayne Johnson, yeah. but now. I mean, everything everything he does is mega calculated. Yes. Like he is a he's a marketing machine. Whereas Momoa just seems like he's just having fun. Same yeah, exactly. Momoa, guys like Ryan Reynolds or Yeah, yeah, um, that's true. What's his name? Uh played cable. Uh Josh Brolin. Yeah, yeah. All these guys seem like they're very casual off the cuff. Yeah. The Rock kinda had that, but now I just don't feel like like everything he sounds like is just very polished and it just yeah, doesn't feel it's too polished. It's, it's too, too polished. It's like it's yeah. it's obviously gone through like a, a, a marketing team. Yes. Like I a, would yeah. think so. Di- designed by committee almost. Probably. That's what it feels like. But that being said, he is probably that you know what? It might not be. He's just that polished on the mic. I mean, being a wrestler for yeah, as long he as had he was do- cutting all the promos that he has, yeah. he can do that probably. Probably pretty That's easily, true. but it does. It does. I don't think he's disingenuous naturally. It mm. just feels disingenuous because it's so goddamn Paul. Disingenuous. Disingenuous. What did I say? Dis- disingenuine. Which I understood what you meant. Well, that's all that matters. That's really all. Hey, that speaking matters. of which, how did the Atlanteans carry the English language so well for so long? That was one thing. I thought Atlanta was going to come out of the ocean and, and start speak speaking to people, language. and yeah. she was just like, "Yo, what's up?" And I'm like. Huh? Yeah, I uh, I think they ditched the whole language barrier thing. Um, I it just never. That that's interesting because in some of the stories they I mean they speak Atlantean right yeah. like in like the comics and stuff. So I was wondering if they were going to do that Go or not. I think they're just like you know what we have ten <laughs> trillion other things we're doing in this movie. I don't want to have to deal with language. All right, so let's. So they're just like a calculated scope cut. They're yes. like you know what I'm just. I'm just not going to do that. Right. Um, um, yeah, I mean, and to that point, so we'll start talking about the movie a little yeah, bit. With general, a, general. General. General talking. Um, this was a big friggin' movie. Yeah, There massive. was a lot. It was two and a half hours. Yeah. Like, it felt kind of, I would compare it to like an Infinity War, except you don't yeah. have any backstory really ahead of time. That's right. Justice yeah. League didn't really explore much of Aquaman. In fact, That's right. I would say that, I mean, I, you and I have had this discussion multiple times in that if they would have done these character movies in advance of Justice League, it would have made it a better film. Yeah. Or, or you know, this was before Justice League came out and we've had mm. that discussion. Mm. I think that this film, had this film come out before Justice League, I would have liked the Aquaman character in that film and been more attached to them way better. Yeah. I mean... It's yeah no I think uh, I mean I know that I think I said before that there's more than one way to skin a cat yeah uh, and I feel like they've done ensemble movies before mm-hmm. uh, and they've done them well uh, but I think I, I tend to agree with you given that Justice League was kind of a chopped up mess, mess. yeah yeah, um, yeah I'm not saying and, and keep in mind I'm not arguing in that that. I agree with you that there's a good way to do an ensemble movie. It's just that the way that they, they are did. doing their characters, it just didn't work. Didn't work as yeah. well. But yeah. in any case, sure. we're not going to discuss Justice League. We've done that on verbatim. And yeah. frankly, I don't like the movie that much. So yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, in terms of actually liking or not liking this film, I fucking, I, I hated it. I couldn't stand this movie. It was one of the worst film. I'm just saying this to upset you. <laughs> I just wanted to see your face. Uh, no, yeah. man. It no, was... I, I, I... Actually, I didn't think, I didn't know whether you were going to like it or not, to be honest. Really? Like, I... I uh, well, I didn't know. I've got to. I've got to start going into these movies way m- with much higher expectations and way more critically than I am because I went into this film basically expecting a fun adventure film. Yeah, and I got exactly that. Like yeah. I would. I've, I'm comparing this, and I'm trying to get Nisha to come with me to watch this because typically, mm-hmm. the, like these aren't really movies she really wants to go and see. Mm-hmm. But the way I hooked her in, or almost did, and she's upstairs, so she'll probably hear this, <laughs> is I compared it to National Treasure. 
Yeah. It's basically that, exactly. right? Yeah. National Treasure, Indiana Jones. Yeah. Like, it's it's kind of this adventurous kind of movie. There was another movie I was thinking about that I was comparing it to, and I can't remember I've got now. two here Go ahead. Well. Yeah. Which ones? I thought it was basically the love child of the fifth element and the mummy. Ooh, yeah. I didn't even think of those two, but yes. The, the fifth element, because that movie is just bonkers in terms of, like, the amount of imagination on display. Right. Uh, and the stuff that happens and all the cultures they introduce, and it's completely it's so colorful and... And it's really just a massive new world that stuff that you have never seen before, and that's how I felt about this movie. Yes. And then that that movie also has sort of the adventure aspect to it. It actually it's a lot like The Fifth Element, in my opinion. I felt the same way about it. But then the Mummy, where they come in with sort of like that cheesy sort of adventure, eighties adventure Saturday morning cartoon thing going on. So yeah. the way I see it, this movie actually isn't. A superhero movie in my opinion yeah it's a science fiction fantasy f- movie like yeah. so um i was kind of ready again i was kind of ready for an adventure movie and that's kind of all i was expecting right and um i had worries going in about certain things and we'll talk about that but those those were kind of lay they didn't come to fruition. Right. So, that's um, good. and honestly they packed a lot in this two and a half yeah. hours i might have mentioned that but it's it's the good thing about this movie, as much as there is, and as much as they cover in a pretty long, you know, that's well, kind of standard for these type of movies, but yeah. duration, um, the movie keeps moving. It yeah, keeps it just moving. Like it's trucking along it's at trucking a clip along. that I, I wasn't bored. Mm-hmm. I think the closest time I got to being bored was during the Sahara Desert yes. scene. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like, I was never bored. It was always, like, when I was done with one scene, it'd kind of go to another one that I was interested in. Right. So, um, right. I think James Wan knew exactly what he was putting together when he when he put this movie together. He he looked at the material. He's like, I'm not going to... He Instead of shying away from the mo- the, the outrageous stuff mm-hmm. in as a part of the Aquaman mythology, instead of shying away from it, he just dove right in. He's just like... We shouldn't hide from this. This is what that this character is. is ridiculous and cheesy, but massively entertaining. Yes. Right? And that's and that's why the character still exists. That's why, you know, that's why there's still stories being written about him. And he didn't try and sweep it under the rug or put a put a put wrap it in some kind of uh, more realistic uh, uh, wrapping. He kind of was just like, fuck it. Yeah. This is no, it's a fantasy just, film. It's a this is a pure this is a high fantasy film. Yes. Right? Yep. And uh and with that sort of guiding principle, I think he's crafted like a ridiculously entertaining movie. Yeah. But this isn't going to win any awards for anything other than being entertaining. <laughs> I I would actually argue maybe score. I really oh, that was enjoyed. Yeah, that was another the, point. Not the only, score not was only the so score, good. The mix in general was really oh, good. The, sound the way effects that the sound effects exactly incredible. Okay. You're I'm glad right. we're on the same page. Sorry, on that. when you say awards, I mean like there's like the writing and like the plot right. and yeah, like yeah, the yeah. acting and and all of that stuff. Like this isn't this this isn't high art in terms of. In terms of like, you know, there are there are other movies that do dr- dramatics better. Like if you look at another movie that I would compare this to, only because the plots are 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 similar, yeah, is Black Panther. Yes, yeah. And this movie was a complete one eighty from Black Panther. Yes, yeah, so the kind of like the plots are similar. They're brothers, and one's coming back to take the throne. And there's a hidden world that's technologically advanced. They they share a lot in common, 
But this movie went a completely other direction, which is like, we're not trying to answer any sort of like, they're not trying to introduce any big drama. Yeah. They're, this is a Saturday morning cartoon. That's yeah. what that's what this is. There's a little bit of something in there yes. uh, that I wish they they expanded more on, which was the pollution aspect. Yeah, and making uh, Ocean Master slash Orm the villain of the of the piece a little more sympathetic. I think they could have done it. I think they yeah. were this close, and I just feel like they prioritized. They're like, that's not the movie we're making. Right. We're not making that movie. We're making. The cheesy adventures, that big adventure movie. And really an introduction because, like, this is not the same Aquaman that was in uh, Justice League. He's a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, we just watched the scene from Justice yeah. League that he was in, and he's just so angry. And that was one of the things that really kind of made me worried was because yeah. uh, Aquaman has always been treated as, you know, the, the, he's been like kind of the, the butt of a joke. And when they tried to grit him up in the 90s, which is when I was reading Aquaman, which is yeah. when I, lo- I loved Aquaman, was when he had the beard and the hook and he lost his hand and because he had eaten by piranhas and like all that kind of stuff. They gritted him up. And I was I was just hoping that they don't go back and do it again. I was like, because like that worked right. at that age when I was when I was that age. But they're like, oh, he's you know, you cast the biggest burliest guy you can find, make him like super angry because he's a badass. Blah blah blah. It's like they didn't. They kind of did it in Justice League. Like that's the way they were going. Right. In this movie, they don't lean into that too much at all. Like he's a regular guy. Like he's not he's not always angry. He's funny. He's kind of charming. Like mm-hmm. he and they play up his internal conflict of being Atlantean and human, but at the same, but don't, but without all of the angst. Like he's not yes. angsty to the point where he where where it's like you know that to make him badass he has to be angry. He doesn't have to be angry. He right. just needs to be relatable. Yes. Uh, and I think that that was one of my biggest fears going in. He's just going to be like this barbarian. Yeah. And uh, and. For no other reason other than, yeah, Aquaman is a badass now. You can't make jokes about him. I'm like, right. that's ridiculous. That's not... And they I, cut and they that didn't down do that. at least a few times in this film, which is good. Oh, like, they, you, they you cut see that... A soft side. He'll, 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 um, he'll bulk up in front of them and make yeah. you know make, make this big facade. But yeah. he, he comes to terms with that at least a few times and that that doesn't always work yeah. in the best yeah. way. And exactly. that's not necessarily who he is deep yeah. down. So anyways, um, and in, ter- in terms of the characters, which is quickly... Uh, anybody really stand out? Uh, stand out as a surprise to you? As a surprise, um, I thought ne- like Narius, uh, who is Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, Dolph Lundgren's character I actually quite liked in the movie, um, even though he was doing a lot of the exposition. You could, t- I oh, yeah. feel like when he was talking, he had to rehearse those lines like a trillion times. Yeah, like, yeah there yeah. was a lot of shit that he had to say. I was surprised by how much he was in the movie and. Um, he has a bit of an arc yeah. in the movie, which I which I kind of enjoyed. But to be honest, when Black Manta shows up as Black Manta, I just fucking freaked the fuck out. It like I, I just I couldn't believe that Black Manta was in this movie and he looks exactly like he does in the comic books. Like I just couldn't believe it. And that's just to a, a T. Yeah. Like, like I just it just blew my mind. I'm like, I can't believe they did this. Like James, like I said, James Wan Dovin, he's like, I'm not going to make Black Manta, like, I'm not going to change his costume, streamline it, you know, like X-Men style where everyone's wearing like leather jacks, jackets with X's on them, like that kind of stuff. Well, that was just because Singer had a leather fetish. But yeah. That's neither um, here nor there. Right. He just, he was just like, no, if he looks like this and he's got an egghead, we're giving him a giant egghead. <laughs> 
right? I'm like, okay, let's do this. Yeah. So I just really appreciated the fact that he's just, he was just a kid. Like, yeah. He's just, and his imagination, he's like, here's $200 million in an imagination. Go, Go run crazy. With it. Yeah. And he did, and it worked. Yeah. It worked. So I do think you have any standout? You, um, like you sounded like you wanted. Man- Manta surprised me as to how little they used him. Yeah. However, how important he was yeah he stood out yeah and the thing did. is that's not to undercut Orm's involvement oh in i liked patrick wilson killed it he yeah. was awesome i liked him I, I generally like his work but yeah. like in this he he crushed it yeah um his hair was distracting because at times it would be all bunned up. back and then all of a sudden it's not and i'm yeah. like wait i thought he had long hair and then it's bunned up again i'm like yeah that was weird it was weird yeah, that that's was like weird. me bunning my hair i mean <laughs> I guess I don't have as much longer back hair as he did. Maybe it's like a- Atlantean hair. hair product. He's just putting in his hair to slick his hair back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like some serious Atlantean gel. It's like yeah. jellyfish. Jelly- it's just jellyfish. It's just je- he just, he, just put, he smashes a jellyfish and just it's attached to his hair like a like a shower cap. But you can't but you can't see it because it's it's completely transparent. Oh, Atlantean hair products. Yeah, see, there's gonna right. be a market for that and it's good enough for the ocean, it's good enough for the land. Yeah, Atlantean. that's right. That's right. That's the ad right there. <laughs> I'll take my checks, WB. Um, so, so uh, Black Manta, just like his, his the backstory, kind of like the backstory. Surprising. Yeah, I didn't think I would actually sympathize with him. Yeah. Uh, from the get go, considering his introductions, basically murdering a bunch of people right yeah. off the bat, and you still manage to sympathize with him. Yeah, and of cheese, you know, or like eighties science fiction, like massive fantasy. You're not gonna like this movie, and I and um. I sympathize with you because you have a stone where your heart should be. But, uh, but <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. I just realized I remembered what I compared this to. Yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, that was my. It was. I'm kind of just this crazy adventure. Uh, adventure where it's introducing a whole bunch of different new worlds and stuff. Yeah. Um. I, I'd actually kind of want to compare this movie in terms of like scene to scene as to how Star Wars plays out because I feel like they're very close. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I can see people not enjoying this movie because it is just a cheese. It's just a cheese factory. Yeah. Like this. this yeah. Um. But and and I and I totally get that. But for me, it was like catnip. I just yeah. I, I I I thoroughly or enjoyed catfish that. nip. <laughs> All right, let's jump into spoilers. Let's do it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Aquaman, a movie that forced me to ask the question: If Atlanteans never see their tears because the ocean washes them away, what happens to their poop? <laughs> you looked so serious when you asked that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't ask me. I'm just don't saying, look at me when you ask more, that question. It's more of a philosophical question. I feel like... I guess yeah. it gets washed away too. But then they complain about the sewage dropping in from the land into the sea. And if well, they're just shitting in the oceans well, all the time... Well, well, our poop is biodegradable. Theirs is bio-water degradable? Isn't oh. water bio? bio? Anyways. All right, let's talk about this movie. Yeah. All right, so the movie starts off with... The Lighthouse Love is what I'm going to call it. So anyways, Tom Curry, Aquaman's father, Mm -hmm. uh, finds Queen Atlanta lying rather uncomfortably on a bed of rocks by the sea in a storm. Despite an attempted murder and her assaulting his pets, tea boils and love flourishes and they have a baby named Arthur. Granted, this isn't over the course of a day. This is, you know, This is like years. years I think she's up there for. Uh, Their love isn't meant to be as as the Atlanteans track Atlanta down and take her back to Atlantis, leaving Tom with hope. She's going to show up at dawn every morning and Arthur without a mother. So basically, those are the characters we're starting off with. And Mm. within the first five minutes of the film, you see a theme that occurs 
multiple times through this film where everything has a nice gentle lull and then a wall explodes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was just about to say, I do have a note here. I'm like, I counted at least three conversations. Oh, oh, there's more. <laughs> Maybe four where someone's talking and they're interrupted by explosions. Explosions <laughs> or just a general kind of rupture of the entire environment they're in. <laughs> like, there's a lot. And we'll, I'm going to hit every so, one that we come across in this. <laughs> I, I didn't do all of my research. There's just a few that I remember oh my God. distinctly. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, James Wan, stop it. <laughs> I know you like directing horror films, but stop trying to jump scare me with walls exploding. <laughs> oh, yeah, just, that's true. You're absolutely oh, right. God. That's and so then funny. the guy that played Tom Cruise, was that Boba Fett or uh, Django Fett? Fett? Yeah, yeah it was Django Fett. Fett. Yeah, um, yeah. I had the actor's name here somewhere. I might Tim- pull it up. Tamura Morrison. Jesus Christ. I, yeah. I, I know that because of Django Fett, right. essentially. He and was, I saw, I, he's been in a few other movies yes. uh, that I've seen, uh, uh, New Zealand Western. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's called The Tracker or something. A good movie, but he was in it, and uh, he's a good actor. He puts in a good performance. Yeah. He had a terrible hairpiece during these <laughs> these things. So, you know what? I didn't, typically I notice this kind of stuff, but they de-aged him. For yeah, they those, did de-age him. But I didn't really notice. Did they Meaning, de-age Nicole Kidman? No, I think she's just perpetually perpetually like, thirty years gorgeous. Old. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. She's perpetually like, you know, high twenties. But um, what was I going to say? Yeah, yeah, uh, they de-aged him, and I didn't really notice. And I think they're getting really good with this de-aging. They're getting stuff. better at that. Aside um, from Willem Dafoe, he looked like a goblin. <laughs> Did he? See, I didn't even real. I, I don't he know why. He looked like a I young, mischievous notice. goblin, and then later on, he looked like a goblin. I mean, I understand why they cast him say? as the Green Goblin. He's a, but I was just about to say, would you I say know, he looks like it. a Green Goblin? But anyways, let's get back to this oh, picture. God, Sorry. This is... uh, my apologies to Willem Dafoe fans. My apologies um, to anybody listening to this. This is, this is bad comedy. Oh, shut up. Listen, <laughs> um, so what did you like about like the open? For me, like you instantly connected with all of those characters. Queen Lana, you kind of are terrified of because the yeah, first she, thing she does is try and murder him. And then she eats a fish. She eats a fish. And he doesn't even bat an eye. That's how horny this guy was. <laughs> like, he, he's like, this is going to get me laid because I saved her life. I bandaged her up. I put a nice little cover on her. Yeah. She's nice. And she, I, think, I think I got a chance here. Yeah. And then he comes in and she's eating her, his fish. He's like, and he's just like, not a deal breaker. Not a deal breaker. Not a deal breaker. I can work with this. <laughs> just get the fish away from yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, put the right. dog in the that's in the right. kennel thing or the, the little box. Just don't a, kill my dog. Just don't says. eat my dog. Yeah. Oh yeah, he says that. He says, "Don't eat my yeah. dog." Yeah. No, there's some there's some cool st- there's some cool stuff in there, but uh, really the standout scene for me, and this was like really set the bar. This yep. action sequence, which which is a tender moment interrupted by a wall exploding. Yep. And these Atlanteans come in. And right away, you're like, this is the movie I'm watching. Yeah. When they come in, all white suits, as about as clunky as a Stormtrooper outfit when they yeah. come in. That's kind of what it reminded yeah. me. Yeah. But the suits look great. They were completely outlandish. And yeah. I'm like, this is the this is the movie. That's when I was like, this is a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. Like, I, I saw the costumes. Real costumes. There's a lot of digital stuff in this movie, and I know people are going to complain about the CG in this movie. I actually thought the CG in this movie was top notch. Like I was, I've seen some bad. Like with Justice League, we talked about like some of the bad, the CG, bad green screen, like bad CG, CG yeah. and stuff like that. In Thor Ragnarok, there was some like I thought there was some questionable, questionable like yeah. CG. This movie, I think, does the CG stuff really well because a lot of it is actually practical. Yeah. 
Um, these suits are practical. I can't tell some of the stuff in here what's CG and what's not because they have these one-shot action scenes. And Atlanta just completely dummies these guys yeah. uh, in the house in a swooping action scene that was... It's like I haven't seen this kind of I had the re same reaction to these scenes, these action scenes, as I did when I was watching Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Yes, I was watching The Winter Soldier. And I'm like, holy shit, these are like one take action scenes. These are fantastic. Yeah. I felt exactly the same about this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they did a good job. I think there's probably some digital cuts in there somewhere. Oh, for sure, no, 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 yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's, that's, there's, okay. Just, there's, I'm not saying it's not digital, but I'm saying that. A lot of it is practical. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. Uh, it's augmented with, with the digital stuff. Now, some stuff is completely digital, like the underwater stuff, and we'll, we'll get to that later. But some of these these fight scenes, a lot of them are, there's a combination of practical and digital yeah. there. And they feel concrete. And yes, they have weight to them. Yeah. Every time she hits somebody with a trident, you yeah. feel it. Like, yeah, that, that's where the sound editing the comes sound in, editing, like yes. the, what the trident's like, and then the, the fighting with the staves. Like, I don't think any other movie has really done that before, where everyone is using, tri like, these uh, Big, staves, long weapons. Big, like, weapons like, yeah. that are, like, gi you know, giant forks, basically, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was really impressed when I saw that scene. I was like, yeah, yeah, that was good stuff. It definitely sets the tone. Yeah. Um, all right, so moving on. Anything else you wanted to talk about from nope. that? Yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Um, anyways, so at this point, you jump forward. Aquaman is aged, and you are introduced to Manta, his pops Jesse, and a gang of pirates, and they attempt to commandeer a war submarine, but are thwarted by the Aquaman, as they're referring to him as the film at that point. Mm -hmm. After a pretty one-sided battle, Curry manages to best the pirates, rescue the ship's crew, and effectively murder Manta's dad in the name of the sea. Did you call him Curry Man? No, oh. that's like your superhero name. But he's Arthur Curry, so he yeah. Is but Curry I'm not going to call him Curry Man. That's a terrible. Who's if he busts? <laughs> I, I don't care Curry if he's man. a six foot eight Samoan covered in tattoos, big long hair, <laughs> weird am. ass eyes, and scars all over his face. If he busts down the the door and goes, "I'm Curry Man. I'm here to save you," be like, "Get, get the fuck out of here." <laughs> What? Curry man. You, come again. <laughs> no, it's because my last name is Curry. Lead with that. <laughs> Lead with that. I'm Curry. Arthur Curry. Yeah. No, actually, that's not going to work either. I'm Curry. I'm Arthur Curry. Curry. Um, but anyways, so then you're introduced to these pirates, basically. And yeah. um, I, I, I really liked uh, his dad, Manta's dad. Yeah. But this is also another example of a scene where a bunch of guys are talking, and then all of a sudden, it's not quite a wall getting knocked down, but it's a sub getting almost knocked down. Yeah. <laughs> and right. Aquaman just lifts it out of the sea. That's right. Busts through a... Actually, there is a wall break, I guess. He busts well, through the that's door. That's expected, though. Those those two soldiers that creep up on the, the true, hatch, true, true. and he busts, he busts the hatch down. They weren't having a tender no, moment. No, no, no. They weren't. <laughs> I mean, they might have. They you might. can see where their hands were. That's true. But That's true. But yeah, and then, I mean, the action scenes there, it's funny how little effort he's putting in yeah. for the soldiers. He's just kind of thwart, like, thwart, like smacking them around. Yeah. And, Putting them up again and you know giving the good old boy thing. Like, yeah, good yeah, boy. Like, come on, son. He sons him. He yeah. sons him. And uh, I mean, it's it's pretty well choreographed for what oh, it I loved, is. I I it's, loved like even it tells for a, a story. Scene, yeah, even for a scene like that. Again, I'm coming back to like the uniqueness of these action scenes. When he throws stuff, there's not a lot of edits. Like there's a, there there's interesting action. When I was watching it, I'm like, this is interesting. It's not just. Uh, people punching each other. He's using the hatch. Yeah. He's using the hatch to defend himself. But he is telling a story. Like you said, he's telling a story because it's it's informing you of what this character is like. Yeah. He's kind of aloof. Yes. Like he's not really prepared. Yes. For like what's going on here. Because he gets shot with a grenade launcher. 
or an RPG or something later. And I thought that was a great scene where he gets shot and he gets up and he's just like, his chest is completely black. It's yeah. burned. Yeah. So he's not prepared. And uh, I like I like that. I also like the fact that this movie gave him a room to grow. He's a, he's just he's just a regular guy. Yes. And um, when he's leaving and he makes the decision to not save uh, Manta's father and says like beg for forgiveness from the sea. Yeah. And he leaves. Uh, he comes to later regret that decision. Yeah. So it gives him the character room to grow. He's not just like a king right away. Yeah. It gives him like. He's just kind of this unpolished dude, and as the as it goes along, he's actually learning things. He's learning, he learns from his mistakes. Right. So, yeah. um, while so so yeah. So I don't know. What did you think of him leaving leaving the I father didn't buy there to it. die? I didn't buy his performance in that in that moment. It okay. seemed like I think he should have played it more cold, like ask for forgiveness mm. from the sea. Instead, he kind of looked like he was double guessing himself as he was saying it, which maybe is kind of because he stops. He does. He stop. does. He has. Well, I like. He that. has a pause. I didn't. I, oh, didn't I wanted like him to be a little more yeah. ruthless, and then that would have made even more of a character journey throughout. Yeah. Um, I, not a deal breaker, honestly, but that was something like based on the flow of how things were transpiring in those scenes. Yeah. Him all of a sudden double guessing it just it didn't it it was like a delay in action, right. like a pause. Sure. And I didn't want the moment for pause. Sure. Everything was already moving. Keep it going. Yeah. Now let's talk about Manta's dad. Yeah. I've never seen anybody so reckless with grenades in confined spaces. Yeah. He's in a <laughs> torpedo room, and this guy is launching grenades all willy nilly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. Very it was a smart. torpedo room, wasn't it? Yeah. And then he yeah. he, he, like, he punched Black Manta with a torpedo. He grabs a torpedo and goes. Are <laughs> <laughs> you talking about Aquaman? Or yeah, yeah, Aquaman. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I'm just saying, in the torpedo room, he yeah, used yeah. the torpedoes yeah. to his advantage. But, you know, yeah, he did. He smacks him in the head, and it's a vicious fight. Like, oh, I yeah. Know, I, I really like the action. It's so it's kinetic without being disorienting. Yes. Like I really liked it. Yeah. Uh, I liked Black Manta's blades. I like. Uh, I liked everything. It looked good. It looked yeah. good. So this is before Manta is Black Manta. He's still a pirate. He's, He's still just a, a pirate. pirate. Yeah. Um, that being said, they really pushed that whole Manta thing hard. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. yeah with a knife. His <laughs> your grandfather's them. name was Manta. <laughs> Here's his Manta knife. <laughs> I'm going to need you to be a man today. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah. They, they, oh. they did that a lot with nicknames or, or code names in this movie too. Like even the Ocean Master stuff. Every time Orm <laughs> said Ocean Master, if you get all four of them, you're going to be the Ocean Master. I'm like, come on, guys. Like... Like, they didn't even really give Vision a name because it just didn't make sense in the Marvel films to be like, oh, look at him. He's a Vision to behold. <laughs> oh, my God. Look I at him. He's very fast. Point. He's quick and he's wearing silver. Let's call him the Flash. No, no, that's taken. All right, quick silver. Like, oh, it's like you God. don't need to keep throwing in the name. Like, let it just happen man like oh. naturally. But anyways, I digress. 
So his name is Black Manta. Yeah. And like like I was saying, you oh sympathize with this character a lot because, I mean, at first he he's murdering people in cold blood. He doesn't really seem like he's redeemable, but then he has these really touching moments with his father before, yeah, before the fight. Does, yeah. And then again, and you know, when when his father's basically doomed in another uh, careless grenade moment where he takes out a grenade, he's like, yeah. this is how I'm going to go. Yeah. I have a gun, but I'm going to use this instead and yeah. potentially kill us all. Right. By right. the way, that was a huge grenade. It was the size of his head. Yeah, uh, I think it's, I don't know, it's like waterproof Some or waterproof something. Like or? some like depth charge type, yeah. type of grenade. Fair enough. Oh Anyways, minor weird nitpick. I'm trying to like recover from the fucking... <laughs> <laughs> Manda! <laughs> Alright, sorry, let's stay focused. Uh, um, anything else to talk about there? Uh, no, okay. no. Orm and King Drago, because I'm not going to call him Nereus, um, they meet at some like... Near the surface, kind of meeting spot where oh, all the kings sorry, were. There oh, was, was there something there was else? One yeah, go, thing go, go. To, to, I totally forgot. I noticed two kind of like Easter eggs in this movie, and the first one actually happens at the lighthouse, um, with the montage of um, growing up. Yeah, gro- not growing up. Uh, them getting together, the the uh, Atlan and uh, Tom Curry. Uh, that mm. right at the beginning. Uh, the camera passes over a coffee table with books on it. I don't. Did you notice the Lovecraft this? one? Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's, a, there's a prominent H.P. Lovecraft book on the top, and it's the 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 Dunwich Horror. Yeah. It Lovecraft. There's there's obviously like Lovecraft deals with giant like uh, sort of like eons old ancient gods sleeping at the bottom of the ocean. So this kind of is yes um, a call out to that. Yeah, especially with the Leviathan creature down yeah, later exactly. in the film. But the the story that they chose is is takes place the Dun, the Dunwich Horror takes place on a farm where like a giant invisible monster is conjured up basically if I were to put it into a nutshell. And I thought a more appropriate story would be like the Call of Cthulhu, but they chose the Dunwich Horror. I'd love to ask James Wan why he chose that particular story to be on the coffee table. Yeah, because I, I would have I mean like you have another mo- ancient creature sleeping at the bottom of the ocean story. You didn't use that. You didn't use that story. You used this other one. It seemed odd, but it was cool. And you know, when I when, when you know that you've chosen the right woman to spend your whole entire life with, I had that moment in this theater. I was watching it with my wife, Shogu, and she, after the movie, she's like, did you see the H.P. Lovecraft book really? on, the, on, the, on the table? And I'm like, oh, God, I love you. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. I went to the theater by myself. Okay, yeah. so... <laughs> I legit went to the theater by myself and watched this. I, but granted, Nish was watching a Raptors game. But, yeah. Uh, oh, my God. So anyways, um, we'll see if she loves me because I'm going to see if I can actually go and see this again and take her. Yeah. That's why I was pushing the national treasure thing. Right. So anyways, King Orm and King Nereus uh, discuss the impending conflict and get attacked by a warring submarine ship. Mm. Uh, this is where we're also formally introduced to Volko. Volko, right? Did I not? Volko. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to make sure I didn't screw up his name. And it turns out Manta and Ormer in cahoots because Manta was the one that orchestrated the whole battleship yes. thing, right? Yeah. Um, and they meet at this really cool spot. I didn't yeah. look up what the name is, but it has a whole history <clears throat> of like Atlantis and the, diff- the seven the kingdoms. kingdoms. Yeah, so this is where they set up that whole idea that right. there are seven kingdoms, two of which I think are don't exist anymore. Yeah. And then, or... or right uh, now. Right now, yeah. at the moment. And uh, five of which are... Are there, do you want to list them out? Or no. Is this, okay, I, I got to go for it. You're going to go. Okay, okay. Go. we've got the Brine, mm-hmm. the Trench, Zebel, who uh, King Narius, a.k.a. Drago, is the king of. And we've got Atlantis and... Uh, what did I... Brine? Oh, the Fisherman Kingdom. The Fisherman Kingdom. Yeah, so that's five, and then two of them are kind of a kind of a mystery. Right. Um, 
what did you think about all that? Like uh, the, the whole King Darius. Like it's funny that you mentioned the amount of um, uh, what's it called? Ex- uh, not exposition. Uh, exposition. Yeah. I was gonna say exposure. Yeah. <laughs> King Orneus exposes. Himself. <laughs> um, that's the director's cut. So yeah, the hey, amount of exposition that he does. <laughs> God. It's like, oh, no, forget it. I'm done. <laughs> um, it's like, yeah, the, he, there's a lot of talking that happens there, but it's actually well done. It was pretty concise. It gets to the point. It does, but if you blink, you'll, you'll miss, miss it. it. Yeah, you need to <laughs> that's attention. the problem. And, uh, and, th- and that's really the problem with this movie. It's just, there's a lot, it's a dense movie, and they try to cram a, lo- a ton of mythology and world building into here. Right. I loved it because the more the merrier, in my opinion, when it comes to this kind of mythology, which I love, but I, I definitely understand if someone comes in and be like, huh? What'd you say? Mm-hmm. Um, so I could, I certainly see that being confusing, right? And it doesn't help that, uh, like, that Narius is the one that has to do it because he does have kind of like an accent, and then with the digital effects in the water, like you may miss, yeah, like them saying something, but, and then uh, his hair is all over the place. It's a little distracting. <laughs> is it- I mean, they, that effect actually was done pretty well. Oh, I, I absolutely, it was very um, convincing. But that being just- said. It was distracting at times, but then the alternative, all right, we'll just have all their hair there. And then you get into the Atlantean gel product and it just <laughs> looks ridiculous. So I think that they did as good as they could um, with what they had to do in that situation. Like, yeah. I think that they had to address it in some way. Yeah. That's why everybody was wearing so such form-fitting stuff. Yeah. They're like, we're yeah. not animating anything else in the hair, guys. If you put a cape on somebody, I'm going to get pissed. Yeah. And then they had Orm with a cape for a brief moment. And they're like, God damn it, what did we say? <laughs> but I... I think that's why they did it because there's no other indication. Like, what other indication are you going to have that somebody's underwater? They wanted people with long hair. That's why drowning. Yeah, <laughs> the end. Yeah, the end. Um, but the fact that like Arthur has really long hair, um, I think that's on purpose because yes. it's the it's one of the main things that convinces you that somebody is underwater. So they did it on purpose. Mm. I think they, they needed to animate the hair. Otherwise, a lot of those scenes are kind of got... Like, they, they wouldn't have the underwatery feel. 100%. They did other things, like sound editing, for yeah. sure, was a part of sure, convincing sure. you that they're in the water. Um, what did you think of the talking, the dialogue? I didn't care. I wouldn't... I, to be honest, like, when Justice League that, did that whole sound bubble thing, it made sense. Yeah. I get it. But in this one, when they're just all talking underwater, that makes sense too. Like, why why yeah. try and go out of your way to explain something that really doesn't need to be explained? I set it up yeah. right at the beginning of the film like they did. They had yeah. the dialogue and they were talking. Okay, cool. Yeah. Justice League didn't have any talking. And then all of a sudden they did the little bubble thing so they could yeah. talk. All right, so they can't talk underwater. The movies are inconsistent, but... Yeah. If I gotta take notes from, or if I gotta take notes for that in environment and world, yeah. I'll take it from this movie instead of Justice Absolutely. League. Absolutely, especially because all of the dialogue between Mira and Aquaman in this film is light years better than what they <laughs> yeah. did in Justice League. We it's, watched a little bit of their scene, and it is it's bad. bad. It's a Holy bad scene. God, it's not a good one. No, it's yeah. not good. Um, from Justice League. Uh, yeah, but uh, but yeah, no, I'm I'm totally on board. I. I I think people would over overthinking it. With like, how are they going to talk underwater? They're just going to talk underwater. Yeah, and, they're Atlanteans. Um, how are they yeah. able to breathe? Yeah, how are they able? To, like, come on. There's yeah. bigger questions if you want to start nitpicking. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> all right. So then, after an all-day drinking session with his father, Arthur decides to drive them home, but yeah. not before Mira <laughs> asks for his help. He declines at first, but is more motivated to accept after a wave drags the surface world, nearly killing his dad, and he's rescued by Mira again. Yeah. Yeah, and at so that point, he learns his name for the, her name for the first time. Yeah, because I guess yeah. they never mentioned it in, G- in Justice yeah, League. They didn't. Um, it was a great like that that bar scene. Oh, I loved it. It was the best. It was great. When the bikers come up yeah. to him and they're like, you know, want to take a picture with him with the big pink phone. 
not what you would anticipate a gang of angry looking bikers coming sure. and then the progression from weird uncomfortable picture to just rage yeah was raging, awesome drunk good time and i'm like that's it wasn't until like i started Saturday writing night. out this summary that i realized that him and his father literally went to a bar and started drinking from the sun up until the end of the night <laughs> yeah. i think we have a problem yeah for sure i think alcoholism is strong in that family oh but, my god uh, but um but yeah, no, I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed that scene when his father is like, she's like, how how is it that whenever I come to visit, you could no matter like you get older because yeah. he's not he's not aging the same way, right? Yeah, and he's like, uh, but you can still drink me under the table. And his dad is like, that's, that's my, my superpower. superpower. <laughs> I was like, he says it in a way that's kind of fun and yeah. endearing too. Um, it's good. Yeah, no, it's a it's a great it's a great scene. But again, it's what they're steering. They're explicitly steering away from the characterization from Justice League. Yeah. Because angry it starts, you're like, oh, this is going to be a bar fight, yeah. and he's going to have to prove himself Absolutely. to these people. But they go completely the other way, yep. uh, and I, I'm so happy they did that because I was very worried that they were going to overcompensate. Right, and they didn't. And this is one of those scenes where you're like, you're expecting to see an angry bar fight where everyone's like, oh my god, he is a badass. Right. But they completely went the other the direction. On that. And uh, I enjoyed that. Also, there's one thing I forgot to mention in the previous scenes when they were discussing, uh, when Orm and Nereus were discussing mm. stuff underwater. That's also another incident where two people are talking and then a wall explodes. Yeah, that's or rather, right. a statue does in this case. But they were behind the statue, so that's it was right. acting as a wall. That's right. So, that's right. yet again, another example. This is when you get to see also, and I, I, this is going to be a long episode because there's so much, so this, much detail It's, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a dense movie to unpack. Orm is riding a Mosasaur. The f- okay. Okay. Like the, it's, like a, it's like a... The big shark. The, it's, it's, it's a dinosaur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or is it a mosasaur? Mosasaur is the one from Jurassic World. I think it's a smaller version of that. Is it? It's a I'm not a marine animal. biologist. Yeah. You're not going to hear yeah. me conflict with um, this. But then you know, and uh, the Zebel guys, Narius and his army, are riding these sea dragons. Yeah. And I'm like, and then the rest of like the Atlantis army are riding giant armored sharks, and I'm like, what? This is insane. Yeah. And I loved every fucking second of it. <laughs> There's so much crazy detail there, and they. Um, it's imagination completely run rampant, and they use his 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 ride like his his mount really well because he races up to the to the submarine and uses uses a trident to like cut it open. It's just the interaction between him and his mount is good because they they uh, it's really well thought out. Yeah, they use it later in the movie as well. So agreed. Yeah. Um. So back to Mira and Arthur, you get that really good moment of them kind of like after Mira rescues him the second. Oh, not second time, that time. No. Um, you get a kind of nice moment where they kind of make peace and he said he agrees to help him because she, yeah. Yeah, she saved the his, dad. Yeah. Basically, after they've made peace, Mira and Arthur make their way to Atlantis past the impenetrable Aqua Cannons. They meet with... Yep. <laughs> they meet, Remember that for later, yeah. folks. They meet with Volcone and insist that Arthur uh, must acquire the MacGuffin that is the trident of Atlan. Atlan. Yeah. Uh, their meeting is cut short after they find uh, the Atlanteans fight Aquaman and he's taken prisoner. He's brought before his little brother Orm and he challenges him to combat. After his mother's trident breaks, Mira rescues him after Orm and, hands him his ass. Yeah, Orm kicks the shit out of him. I mean, it was yeah. pretty close. It's just that, you know, that it was an unfortunate um, malfunction of the trident. Um, but anyways, Mira rescues his ass again and they escape over the impenetrable aqua cannons. All right. Yeah. And they hide in a whale's mouth and make a slow escape to the Sahara. Sahara. Yeah. 
So there's, there's definitely a lot, a lot going on here. Yeah. Um, when she takes him to Atlantis, it's like really a massive wow moment for this movie. Because they really... It's, it kind of reminds me of Jupiter Ascending, but like a better version of that movie. I don't know if you ever watched that. I haven't. My comparison was actually Tron. I never saw Tron. You didn't see either version. I never saw the old version. The old one's a little tough to get through now, Um, but the new one, you need to watch that film. Yeah, it's interesting the way that they play with um, you know darks and lights. Yeah, uh, visually, and then on top of that, the score by Daft Punk. It's just it's bananas. And this, the way that they played with the lights and the darks in Atlantis. Yeah. Um, and then some of the synth in the score. Oh, dude, it's so good. It was really good. Yeah. But it it had a lot of callbacks. for me personally to Tron. Tron. Yeah. Uh, and that's a, that's a good thing because I really really like the new the, well the new it's fucking old now but the, yeah. the Tron the, the newer Tron, Tron remastered or whatever yeah. they called it. Um yeah, no I agree with you. I think that this movie has like again this kind of like the fifth element piece coming yes. out where you have these swooping shots um a lot of thought put into how things work in Atlantis. My I can think my favorite thing is the jellyfish lampposts. Did you notice that? I didn't there, even notice that. Did you notice that? Did you notice that uh, the spotlights are glowing jellyfish? They're like lampposts, but they're but they're but they're jellyfish. Do you think they, like, they work in shifts? Like <laughs> Bob the jellyfish comes to relieve Joe. Is like, all right, your shifts up. They clock yeah, out, and then the right. other guy just sits on the top of the post. That's right. Probably. Um, it's just it, either that or it's like slave jellyfish labor. Yeah, it's not they're cool. just chaining them to the. Chaining them to posts, yeah. but uh, but it's like stuff like that where clearly there's all been a lot of thought put into here, and like it's a, it is staggering amount of production design. It's yeah. just like uh, it's it's really wild. Yeah. Um, so they enter Atlantis and uh, they they meet in this sort of sunken ship thing with the air bubble, and then we get another really good action sequence where we're introduced. Oh, this is another scene where they're talking about something and a wall explodes. Yep. They're talking about finding the trident of King Atlan and the wall explodes. Uh, but we're introduced to the commandos, the elite commandos. Because yes. you kind of have these white jobber ones, the ones in the white suits. They go down pretty easy. But then you get these guys. Like, they make a show of it. These these red commandos come in and they light up their, like, blades. Yeah. They look fucking cool as hell. Everything in here looks cool. And again, I keep mentioning the fifth element, but, like... They're really boxy and, and big, and you think they're not going to be able to move, but they're like they're like combat rolling and everything, and they're not CG. Like they're combat rolling. It's a it's a real suit, right? Um, I don't know if you do. You remember Fifth Element, the beginning where they Very had those well. giant uh, the giant robots, uh, sorry, kind of like robot people, but they look like giant. Uh, yeah. The penguins, yeah, yeah, the yeah. characters that come with the little key thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They but like, how impractical was that design? But that, but people remember that, like that design. It was inspired, but they're kind of like wah, 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 yeah. when they're walking, you know. If they it's, didn't cut their scenes of walking the way they did, it would have been a four and a half hour movie <laughs> just for them to go from the ship to, <laughs> to the, the pyramid. Pyramid. That's it. <laughs> right. But this kind of reminds me of that in-your-face design, where it's like, I don't care if it's practical. I just think it looks cool as shit. And they do that here, but they also manage to make it practical in the fight scenes. Yeah. Um, and uh, the guy uh, that takes Aquaman down in that scene and ends up bringing him to Orm, his name is Merc. Did you catch that? This, no. this one, This one of the elite guard, his name is Merc, and he's a character in the comics, like a prominent character. I just call him Toilet Head. For reasons that you will understand later in our review. Um, 
but uh, but yeah, so the so I I really did enjoy that enjoy that action. I every action scene sequence in this movie I, I thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah. But the introduction of they introduced these elite commando right. people in this scene, and then you get a lot of the brotherly angst between Orm and yep. you know it's it's um the, the again Patrick Wilson plays it really really well. He's de- he's completely downplayed, cool, yes, and calm, yes, and calculating, and I think Patrick Wilson is like one of the best working actors today. I think he's the most reliable, one of the most reliable actors. Uh, I always, I always enjoy seeing him, and, and he was in the second season of Fargo. I don't know if you ever oh, saw that. Really? But he's really good. He's one. He's the main character, one of the main characters. But everything, like even like his his turn in Watchmen in the Conjuring films, like he's just he's a very good, very and incredibly handsome. The guy looks like a doll. <laughs> he like have you seen him in real life? Like I have he not. looks. He's got he's got the jawline. He's got like he's I don't even think he has to shave. Like he doesn't grow hair on his face. Like that kind of and he's got those pearly blue eyes. He's just a he's a striking looking fellow too. So um yeah, really enjoyed his performance. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> um but then anyways, you have kind of this touching moment before they actually go to war and fight where he basically says like, dude, we're brothers. Your fight, you know, we don't need to do this. Get out of here. And Aquaman doesn't take it. Yeah. He just kind of goes with the big, you know, kind of like overly aggressive stance of, I'm going to fuck you up. And yeah. uh, he doesn't. He ends up getting, you know, dummy. He puts up a good fight. I'll give he him that. He puts up but... a good fight, but he's clearly getting dominated. Oh, yeah. In that he's, fight. he's out of his. Which, his, is, which yeah. is great because they have somewhere to grow from. There, yes. Which absolutely. Is, it's good. Um, um, and then Mira comes in. They you do know, something similar again. And like Black Panther has a similar scene where he fights his brother and gets dummied and then comes back later. Really? And, brothers? Oh, maybe not. I don't think so. Or was he? I don't think he was the illegit. No, he was the he was the kid of the guy the king killed. Oh, yeah. So they weren't. Yeah. I guess they weren't brothers. Um, Close enough. They were. Yeah. They were brothers of Wakanda. Yeah. Sure. Um, sure. Anywho. Um, but yeah. So so this fight scene that they that they do here. Um, it, it, this is the first real underwater yeah. one-on-one the, yeah. you see. Yeah, and there's a lot of CG stunt doubles at there work is. in this. And honestly, I mean, it wasn't. it's not perfect, and these no. things are very rarely are. No. But it was good enough. Oh, yeah. I thought that the way that they choreographed the action in it, the way that they didn't try and superimpose the the CG stunt doubles in with the actors like constantly like they try yeah. and fill it in it was just kind of like one big scene and then they cut to like a close up and then another big CG scene yeah I like the way they did it because the thing that there's nothing more that annoys me when they constantly are transitioning from like the body doubles to like the actual actors kind of drives me nuts I feel like I actually I'm in the opposite camp I feel really? like I feel like sometimes it's noticeable and when it's noticeable it, t- it turns me off but like it's hard to do that right but they've done it. There are scenes I feel like in Man of Steel they've done that mm. where it transitions from a body double to a uh, to like Henry Cavill like mm. a real actor, and it's convincing. Um, but I think that's that's actually like the ideal scenario. Mm. That's kind of in one shot transitioning from a CG uh, stunt double to mm. like the real actor, and I think they do that. Oh, they, they do that do at least a few that. times in this. I'm saying, and they that, do it well. That I think it yes. works as so, well as it could. It's still a CGI yes. fest. But what I'm just... what I'm getting at is that they didn't overuse it and try and inject it in a sure, lot. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to compare it to a movie that did that and did it really poorly. I can't. I mean, I feel like a lot of movies do it. Poorly, yeah, but. that's what I mean. Like, there's there's enough. I'm sure Marvel films, like some of the Spider-Man films, will do that. There's just 
there's constantly like where you'll have the CG stunt doubles going in there doing their thing mm-hmm. and then they'll transition just in a weird way. Man of Steel does do it quite well. I will admit that. Um, I but feel, yeah. this film didn't try and overdo it. They said, all right, let's just do the CG part here and then we'll do a cut to another shot and that'll just be completely action-based. Right. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you're not cutting from like, anyways, but I digress. But you get all, my point. They're also showing us action that we've never seen. Never seen before. This and that's like the thing. completely yeah. brand new stuff. Right. People fighting underwater. Exactly. And like, how, what would simple. it look like? Yes. And they really are creative about how, the physics about how someone yes, would fight. Absolutely. And I feel like that's just, it's impossible to do without, you know, having oh, no. some of that CG absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. You and, need it. Yeah. And, but but, but it, the presentation's good. It's not as good as a real practical fight scene, I think, but it's showing us something we've never seen before. And I think that uniqueness kind of makes up for the fact that it is kind of like, it is CGI heavy. I would rather it be CGI heavy than them trying to do it practically. I see. Because in, in, in this regard, like then if you don't, if you try and do it practically, then you're going to get something like, what is it? House of a Thousand Daggers or... Oh, yeah, yeah. Flying da- House of Flying Daggers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or uh, Crouching Tiger where they're running yeah. on little tiny branches. And it just looks wrong. It yeah. looks floaty. It looks weird. It looks wrong. If they tried to do that too much with something like this, it'd look weird. Like, for instance, like Blade Two. Yeah. I mean, it's dated in terms of the tech that they were using then. But, like, some of the stuff that they had when they were using the CG stunt double of Blade, it made sense to do it there. Because what they were trying to convey, a, doing it with a person on a wire might look really, really strange. It's funny because I was thinking of Blade 2. And Blade 2 has a good example of a CG stunt double. And a bad and one. An atrocious, yes. awful example. Agreed. The first scene where he jumps out of the window. Yeah. And he does a flip and lands on the ground. That transitions to a real actor. Yeah. So, Wesley Snipes... And that's a great scene. Yes. And I think that's aged quite well. Yes. Like even now, I think it's, it looks pretty good. But then there's the fight scene in his in the warehouse, like his place, where the two it looked like a Mortal Kombat game. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's awful. Yes, exactly. Um, so those are two in one movie. There's there's a good examples good and example bad examples. examples. Yeah. So, yeah. but overall, I thought the action was good. I liked what they did, and I don't think that trying to make it more practical than it was would have done them a service. I think it would have done them a disservice. Right. Okay. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention about this scene, best cameo in the movie, made me super duper happy. Octopus playing the fucking drums. Oh, fuck that. That's boom, boom, boom. I'm like, yes. Why? Great. Why were you so excited by an octopus playing drums, you weirdo? Because what's better than a drummer with two hands? Eight. A drummer with eight hands, my friend. Would you have been more excited if they had two octopuses? Pussy, Oct- octopuses, <laughs> octopuses, octopi. Yeah, octopi. Um, no, because then it's not the same person. It's two. I mean, it's not a person at all. It's an <laughs> octopus. Anywho, oh. that's a, I. I was not nearly as excited about an octopus. Dude, when I saw an octopus playing the drums, oh, I'm like, this oh, is my kind of movie. Okay, all right. Can move on now. My Fruit Loops. Yeah, there's a really good chase scene too that we'll, we kind of glossed oh, over, that's true. Uh, and I'm not going to go into too much detail because I mean, at the end of the day, it was kind of like any other space battle you've mm-hmm. seen. Uh, it looked good. It looked good. There were some stakes. The aqua cannon thing was just silly, but I mean, Hyper I knew that was coming. The yeah. way that they made it sound like, why can't we go over the wall? Because of those things. You're like, well, that's going to come back. And <laughs> yeah, it indeed right. did. Um, Manta. But what? <laughs> <laughs> but He's like a Manta. Manta. <laughs> but what I didn't see coming was the the amazing... Oh, 
this game. Uh, the whale escape and the oh, whole Pinocchio God. bit. I was like, that was all funny. right, I can I can get on board with this. That was funny. That um, was good. And I like and this also showed uh, another cool thing where it's like not all Atlanteans can understand uh, the secret the fish. Yeah. yeah. Somehow Aquaman has ended up with that ability to understand what they're saying. Yeah. Uh, and that comes into play later. And I like that. I like that. That's a unique trait just to him. Yes. And it evolves as the movie goes. So it's like an interesting thing. And it comes and it pays off, pays off toward the end. But right. uh, but the whale escape scene was, was quite funny. It was good. Nice yeah. and simple. They did yeah. exactly what they needed to. So anyways, the whale somehow gets them over to the Sahara. <laughs> I mean, I don't know where where you never know. Maybe maybe Atlantis. The, the, sub, the like, subtitles in this movie are like where things are. Yeah, somewhere in the Atlantic. Yeah, somewhere in the Indian Ocean. Somewhere in the Pacific. Well, it's like, like why we don't put our address on on the podcast is you know that way we don't have somewhere in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> My Keep God. It nice and- yeah, nice no, like I said, this is a cheesy fucking movie. Yeah, with God. subtitles like somewhere in the Atlantic and 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 yeah. All right. So anyways, they randomly have to go to the Sahara. They jump out of plane. They stumble onto a temple via a sand hole. Yeah. And a single drop of water activates an Atlantean tape deck that used to need, I guess, an entire room of water. But a drop did it. Yeah. And it plays uh, King Atlan's last message and basically says, yo, go to Italy. Peace. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, pretty much. But it gives you the history of Atlantis that used to be a surface-dwelling world. And uh, through Atlan's... Um, uh, experimentation. Yeah, he managed to sink Atlantis to the bottom of the sea, which which was funny to me because they just slipped in the whole breathing underwater thing too. Yeah, it's like oh yeah, but yeah, it we can now breathe underwater. I'm like, wait, what? I think yeah, <laughs> they definitely they definitely slid that one in, but I think it's supposed to be an after effect of the experiment that he was doing. Yeah, so like you see the wave go through yes. the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it just yeah. seems so like injected oh, in yeah. there. They're like, You're all right, right yeah, and then they all sunk to the bottom of the ocean. Um, excuse me, how, how, how do they breathe underwater? Oh, shit, we didn't think of that. <laughs> Let's just have them breathe underwater. <laughs> All right, Frank, we'll do that. Yeah, it's good. Can you just record this line? Yeah. I feel like they're watching it final cut, and James Wan's like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> just sneak it in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it, I mean, the, the set design there was great. I oh, liked the temple and the way they were yeah. hanging. Um, it was great. Like, Again, I like this it. is new stuff. I keep new comparing stuff. it to like Black Panther. Black Panther felt super fresh because we're seeing a culture and designs that we've never seen before. I felt the same way with this movie. You're seeing stuff like the trident design. Every family has their own trident. Every royal family has yeah. their own trident uh, design. Um, and the, uh, when Atlantis sank, all of the peoples splintered. Yes. And that's how the seven kingdoms were formed. And they all evolved differently. Yes. And one of them evolved into like the trench, which yeah. are like these mindless. Devolved, like, really. Or devolved, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and the fisherman kingdom and all of the, and the brine and all of this stuff. So it's these, this wildly unique culture that I just absolutely was just digging. I loved all the designs, how different all of the seven kingdoms were. Um, that that's my bag. I love I love seeing different factions in the movie and black again. I, I keep bringing up Black Panther, but Black Panther did that as well. Right, they had different factions of the Wakandan army. Yes, um, and so you had the guys with those like the cape the shields, white gorillas, or yeah, whatever they yeah. call them. I can't remember. Yeah. I, yeah, I can't remember the names. It's been a while since I've seen the movie, but but I love that. I wanted to see more. I always yeah. want to see more, and this movie had the same effect on me. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. Um, 
So anyways, they, now they have their next heading. So they go over to Italy, apparently, yep. because that's where they got to go, which is great, in Sicily. Yeah. And uh, Mira and Aquaman go, and they find what they need to find. They find that they're, they're heading that they have to go to. And then they're attacked by Manta and some of Orm's goons. Yep. Now, I glossed over that there was a montage of... Oh, so I thought it was so funny. I was just like, okay, I, I, all I, right. It was, but again, it's like super cheesy. He's doing it on purpose. Like even the scene where they're coming out of the ocean and some Pitbull song was playing. Like he's doing this on purpose. Like this is a calculated cheese factor move where he's like coming out of the where they're coming out of the water and this like hip hop song is playing. It's like from a Fast and the Furious movie, which he also directed. Yes, right. And um, and then when they have these romantic moments in Sicily, where because they have a conversation about not the whole surface world isn't like this. Yes. You can't judge it based on they the had place. that in Sahara. Yeah, yeah. I like I like those conversations because she accuses him of judging Atlantis as well. Yeah, but you mean you the know, place that just tried to murder him yeah. publicly? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, but then when she's in Sicily, the idea is that she's learning about like surface culture and. It's purposefully cheesy. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, and I just kind of like I kind of like like the fact that he's not glossing this. He's not he's not he's not shying away from the fact that yes, this is ridiculous, mm. right? But uh, but does it in such a fun and entertaining way. True, true. She and eats. They both eat flowers. I like, like that <laughs> he just ate the flowers. For no, he could have been like, "Whoa, don't do Dude, that." Yeah. And he's just like, "Well," <laughs> he's like his dad. He's like, "This is gonna get me laid, yeah. so I'm gonna eat this flower." <laughs> Not a deal breaker. Not a deal breaker. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah. but yeah, no, the montage to me was just like, okay, how much time are we going to spend on this? And it was also just like, oh, guess what? He's also a tech genius. I'm like, why are we doing this? Just a get him to like... Tech just, genius? Well, I mean, he's putting together this suit. He's programming stuff. You see him like putting together... Oh, wait, what montage are you talking Manta. about? Manta. I'm oh, talking about Manta's. No, oh, no, I've no. been talking about the romantic montage. Oh, no. Holy fuck. No, that was fine. That's what I'm talking about. No, I'm talking about Manta's Jesus, montage. We were that just seemed like another James Wan injection. And they're like, all right, cool. Here's Black Manta. Um, Mr. Wan, how how did Black Manta get his stuff? Oh, shit. <laughs> so so I do want to talk about that for a minute. Because who Black Manta uh, isn't sort of cahoots with Orm. Yeah. But then he's like, okay, we know that they're in Sicily. So we're going to go and attack them. Yeah. Uh, you can lead my commandos. Here's some Atlantean like uh, um, gear. Yeah. He shoots the gun, and his first thought is, how can I get these on my eyes? Yeah. <laughs> like, how, why is that the How did it go there? <laughs> like, why is that the first thing he thought of? It would have been so much more streamlined. Like, if they wanted to do the gag of, I need a bigger helmet. Oh, I loved that. Though. I didn't mind. I, I like that. I like that. that. But I'm saying that they could have given him a much smaller helmet, and him put it on, and it doesn't fit on his head. Or he puts it on and it's uncomfortable or something along those lines. You could have done a more streamlined gag without having to inject some two-minute montage of him going... <laughs> like, you don't need that. Just Again, streamline it's the, it. Yeah, no, that's that's true. I mean, that, that but but I, I liked it. <laughs> I don't know what to say. When he's like, oh, I need a bigger helmet. Yeah. I'm like, yes! Yeah, but when he yes, said, you do, egghead! When he said, I need a bigger helmet, my only thought was... Oh, what? That one's going to blow up less? Like, <laughs> he needs more room to let the heat dissipate. That's all. Yeah, in his face? Yeah. It's a helmet. 
ridiculous. Uh, I love. I it love would have been better if they opened it up and they're just, or it was just too big. I don't know. Whatever. I feel like there's a better way to do it than I inject it in a two minute montage where it reveals his head's probably going to explode unless he's a bigger helmet. Man, if you didn't tell me you were talking about the Black Manta <laughs> montage, I'd be really fucking confused right now. Oh, what so like, when funny. I said eat the flower, were you still like, hmm, yes, I remember I the scene you, where Black Manta eats the flower. <laughs> He's like, oh, I need a bigger helmet. It's just like a running a running theme in this DC universe. <laughs> in this this, this level of the multiverse, flowers are food. <laughs> yeah. Specifically red roses. <laughs> All right. So we talked about two montages. One was a romance one and one was the Black Manta one. Arguably a romance. Arguably, um, yeah, with his with, with his, his gear. head, yeah, with his. <laughs> I love you, head. If only you were bigger. Uh... <laughs> okay. So, anyways, they end up finding where their heading is in Sicily, yes. and we have another occurrence of a wall breaking in middle of a yeah, conversation. That's right, and in that's the, when Mantis moment. shows up in epic. Form. Holy shit! I'm, when he shows so, up, I was just clapping in the theater. Yes. Like, Holy shit! This guy looks amazing right amazing the action scenes are great both because it diverges between aquaman and mira yeah the chase scene with mira and as soon as she got the wine and turned them into daggers like all oh, of yeah, that was yeah. perfect i really dug the chasing in general because you've got the guys trying to go roof to roof and the other guys just like fuck it i'm going this way yeah it's toilet head toilet <laughs> head's like fuck it Merc. i'm going this way and just starts running through walls and Merc, buildings yeah it's great um and then aquaman's just desperately trying to survive against black manta yeah it was great how even that fight was. I like oh, yeah. that a lot. Oh, me too. I mean, me too. up close, it's not an even fight for the most part, unless yeah. Aquaman, uh, Manta gets his blades in. But yeah. like at a distance, he's at a huge disadvantage. Oh yeah, and That's it was. Right. I mean, it was a good, um, a good fight, a good, well choreographed battle between yeah, those two. Yeah, even characters. the hand to hand stuff is so exciting. Yes, like the way it's edited. Because usually, you, sometimes, like when you watch movies, they're like the the, the combat. It's just it's just a thing that happens, and I kind of like it doesn't really strike a, strike a chord with me. Yeah, you don't. But every hand to hand combat scene in this movie, mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, this is stuff I haven't seen. Where this guy's in a massive costume with a giant egghead, yeah, and he's super nimble yes. and dangerous. Yes, he feels dangerous. He doesn't feel slow. The commandos, they feel dangerous. They're on Mera the whole time. Like when she's jumping from roof to roof, she is desperately trying to escape the gunfire. Yes. And you got that one commando that's just like remodeling every home that he's running through. Just like running through walls and shit. And I'm like, oh my god. this And I never felt confused. Right. Or anything like that. It's just so creative and unique. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Yep. yep. And to top it all off... You know, Jesus turned water into wine, but did he turn wine into death daggers? Uh, no, sir. No, he did not. That would have been a pretty good move if Jesus did that, though. Jesus. It would have been a good rewrite of the Bible. Yeah, it's a different... Yeah. So, the director's cut of the Bible. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I can't say enough about this action sequence. It really is a ma- like the centerpiece of the movie. Yes, and hundred percent. And it it and and to compare this movie job. again to to Star Wars, he is the Darth Vader of this film. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, he comes in. He's more, I would say, arguably more ford- formidable than Orm was in their battle. In their two battles, he has more of a rage behind him, yeah, a yeah. revenge feel. He's yeah. more menacing. He's more physically imposing yeah. from a visual standpoint, and he's got a big fucking helmet on. Oh, dude! Yo, did if you he had asthma, it would have been it would have been Darth Vader. <laughs> asthma. Yo, 
Did you see? He fucking headbutts Aquaman. Did you see that? Yeah. I just wanted to say, Dong! He sounded like a fucking church bell. <laughs> I don't know what's going on in there. He must be like... I know. Like, Think, <laughs> why did I get a bigger helmet? <laughs> but there is a scene where he grabs a Dong! And it's just like this like this, this bell sound. Yeah. And I was like, oh man. Too good. It's too good. But... Um, yeah, it was it was just good. Um, anything else you wanted to cover in Sicily? Uh, Merc, call him. You're calling him Toilet Head because uh, Mara cuts off his arm first of all. Was he's he running the one who got his arm cut? Yeah, off? he's running around without that. a hand. Yeah, and then uh, and then she rips the water because they're in these suits. Because oh, and they also slip in the fact that only ones of royal blood can uh, can breathe air. Right. Yes. 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 So like that's why these commandos are in these massive suits because. Uh, they're they're submerged in seawater. Right. Uh, she manages to drain the seawater out of his <laughs> out of his helmet, and he's like panicking. Looks around and sees a toilet. And <laughs> he sticks his head in the toilet, and he has this moment where he's like, <sighs> it, it, it basically, it's it's a remake of the scene from Home Alone Two. Yeah. When Joe Pesci sticks his head in the toilet. Except I'm not sure if I saw Merc again. I'm convinced he's still in a Sicilian he's, toilet. He's, there. He's like, how do I get from this toilet to the to the to the ocean? He's, he got to carry the toilet. He's gonna be toilet head. He's gonna be like Black Manta, except it's gonna be a giant toilet on his head in the next movie. Oh, Manta and toilet head. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. So so that was the only other thing I wanted to mention. They right. di- they didn't kill him, and I'm pretty sure they're gonna use him later because he is he is a. Um, He's a he's a prominent character in the comics, right? So Mira ends up stealing a ship, which was also kind of that a was cute funny. Moment. Yeah, uh, rescues Aquaman because at that point he's I mean he's safe now that Manch is gone, but he was pretty much almost he a death store. Yeah. Um. So they end up reaching uh the trench and they fight through all the demon creatures that occupy it, and then they get to a portal that takes them to the uncharted sea at the center of the planet. Yes. And that's what they call yes. it, which is another the hidden kingdom or whatever. Yeah. They call another. It. Yeah. I seven. think it's one of it's one it's of one the of the kingdoms. seven. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then they run into his mother there, and hilarity ensues. Like I, I mean, I think everybody saw that one coming. Yeah. Like you know, they're oh, they put her in the trench, and she's gone. It's like nah, she's not. Come on, yeah. she's in the trench. That's true. I That's thought she true. was gonna be commanding the trench, but it was kind of as soon yeah. as they went to the next thing, I, I was like, well, let's bring her in. I was hoping they'd do more with with the trench, but just coming back to the trench themselves. Yeah. So great. This is where James Wan did some of his horror stuff yes, here, absolutely. and I really did enjoy this because Wan comes from a significant horror background. Like he started, he was like the first Saw movie. I think it was the first big movie. He did Saw. I didn't yeah, know that. He oh. did, and then uh, he, you know, the Insidious, yep. which I think is a great, great movie, yes. starring Patrick Wilson as well. And then The Conjuring one and two, also starring, starring Patrick, Patrick Wilson. Wilson. Um, so he comes from a massive, like low budget horror uh, background, and his his horror films are very good, and uh, he got to flex some of that here. Other than the the jump scares of walls exploding in mid conversation, uh, here he, he those. Uh, and the design for the trench they look exactly like they do in the comics, like really good, like really good stuff. When they the visual of them escaping from the boat, I'm like, it's like a the painting. Best. Yeah, it's so incredibly breathtaking. I really love that imagery where he's, he's got the flare, they jump off of the boat and they're swimming down into the depths and around them the trench are just like right. like on their tail then the trench they're swimming down and the trench like a group of them comes in and he's like fighting them off like cutting this swath through yeah, this like 100%. hundred you know thousands of, of trench 
um, monsters. And there was um, there was somebody sitting in front of me, and I heard her go because flares burn underwater. Yeah, right? they do. That's their yeah, design think, for yeah. that. And she just goes, "That's so stupid! Like you can't you can't have fire underwater; it just burn out." I'm like. Oh. <laughs> I, I, and then she kept saying that the more that they had oh, it. She's really? like, oh, she's going to light another one? I'm like, I kicked her seat. <laughs> I kicked her seat. Not hard, but a little tap. And it wasn't like, I wanted to see where it would go. Right. I was like, well, I have to do this. <laughs> but luckily it was kind of over. And I think she probably just thought it was like me crossing my legs or something. But I kind of gave her a little... little, little well, she was also talking during the middle of the movie. So yeah. And that. she was... Not, it wasn't quiet. So Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it, that, that scene... Just from an imagery standpoint, looked amazing, and then, uh, and then this like dinosaur island thing. I'm like, wow, this is they've gone to Skull Island now. Yeah. Like, uh, um, and there's like a pterodactyl flying there. It's just like I'm watching them. I'm like, wow. Yeah. I'm like overwhelmed with the amount of stuff here that's going on. And Nicole Kidman shows up again, dressed as like she's like obviously killed a few oh, yeah. trench creatures and yeah. like stolen their bodies. bodies. Yeah. <laughs> just. Um, kind of morbid. I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah. So then, uh, then we get which, which is another just like really cool scene. I thought it was a super cool scene. Right. Where um, anyway, you yeah. Probably, she points. Probably uh, she points them to where the trident is and reveals that she hasn't been able to do it because or get it because it needs a king or the true king. Yeah. Oh, sorry. There was one other thing. Go ahead. I wanted to mention the second Easter egg that I found when uh, Mera takes Aquaman to Atlantis. She parked her her vehicle. In like a part of the like it's like a container or something that fell into the ocean. The chum one, chum. The chum container, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. the chum container. When they're leaving there, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but there's a lot of garbage and stuff at the bottom of the ocean. Um, the Annabelle doll is there in the corner. I read that there was it, the Annabelle doll was yeah. in there somewhere. Yeah, I was. I, I I just caught a quick glimpse of it as it as as they drove by. So it was kind of a shout out to The Conjuring and nice. like those those movies. That makes sense. Um, yeah, anyway, sorry. All right. So um, Arthur goes into the um, the place where the King Atlan has actually imposed himself, I guess, or his self-imposed yeah. exile. You see him in like thousands of yeah. years ago. He stood there with the trident. Yeah. He's still there. He's still there. He just took a big nap that <laughs> yeah. never ended. Um, but he's being um, he's being guarded by the Karethan. Karethan? Yeah. It's basically this big, massive creature that that guards the trident. Um, but then Aquaman proves himself worthy to pick up the trident. There's this really cool scene where the Carathen can actually understand him. Or sorry, he can he understand, understand the Carathen. Carathen. So she, she speaks. Yeah. And uh, you know who does her voice? I didn't notice. I Julie tell. Andrews. Really? Um, Mary Poppins? Yeah, yeah. Mary Poppins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sound of Which music. is funny because... Um, Wait, what did she say? Yeah, so I think yeah, it's Sound yeah. of Music. Uh, which is funny because Mary Poppins is opening now, the sequel. Mm. <laughs> um, but it's Julie Andrews' voice and it's done really well. I think yeah. she does a great she does a great job. The conversation I think is pretty well written, yeah. and the design is great because you never actually see what she looks like until later. It's just these massive like arms, these yeah. tentacles, like until later, and it's just like um, it's kind it's, of a one eighty from what I was expecting. Like what the actual creature looks like yeah, versus what yeah. just the tentacles yeah, are. Yeah, like I figured exactly. the tentacles, you like look at this big Cthulhu looking creature, and yeah. it was not necessarily which that. is another reason why I was like, why did they choose right, the Dunwich yeah, Horror? Yeah. Dunwich Horror, though they could have chosen Call of Cthulhu right. as, a, as a as a book. But uh, uh, but uh, what was I going to say? The, uh, another movie this reminds me of is Pirates of the Carib- Caribbean. Oh, absolutely, because yeah. that movie also has a significant dense plot, which sometimes doesn't make any sense. 
and sending people to different locations for like the stringiest of reasons. Yeah. And uh, uh, also features a giant kraken. So, right, right, right. <laughs> so kind of reminds me of that as well. And both adventure movies. Right. So Arthur gets a pass from the Karathan and or the Karathan. I don't know. Fuck it. I can't, I'm going to mispronounce it the rest of this episode. And um, rips the trident from King Atlan's hands. And to add insult to injury to that, he also steals his clothes and makes his his through waterfall entrance as the true Aquaman yeah. in the DC Extended Universe. Great scene. It was uh, a great scene. Super cheesy. I would it's have liked to see where he top. picks up the trident, he starts swimming out, he's like, looks back. I'm going to go and get his clothes. And yeah. then he just gets changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just like, he's just changing. Yeah. Um, I thought what was going to happen was he picks up the trident and then the armor and stuff just tra- transposes like, onto it. Because they had like they did have some weird connecting thing where he rips it out of his hands yeah. and there's still like this gold yeah. thing. But connecting. instead, that didn't happen. So I'm only led to believe that he just picked up the gear and he's like, "I'm going to wear this too." <laughs> That's right. Um, Checks his pockets for money. Yeah, he's, just... <laughs> uh, he's probably got some gold doubloons here somewhere. For sure. Um, so while, anyway, while all this is going on and yeah. he's you know reequipping his uh, clothes and stealing gold doubloons off of a king, <laughs> um, we also have this subplot going on where basically all the kingdoms are still trying to be united by Orm and Nereus. Mm-hmm. And um, they try to go over to the fisherman tribe or... Yeah, the fisherman... Yeah, the... Kingdom. Fisherman fisherman kingdom. kingdom. Yeah. um, And get them to agree to war after, you know, wanting them to... Sorry. Basically, they try to get him to agree to war. It doesn't really go so well because he straight up murders him in cold blood in front of his daughter and is like, all right, now we're going to go to war. And she's just like, all right, cool. Orm has had enough. Yeah, he's He's not... like, he's not fucking around. His patience is wearing Yeah. He's like, I got shit to do, man. Yeah, he's not fucking around. Um... And uh, when he stabbed him, I was I was legit surprised. I yeah. was like, holy fuck, he just stabbed him in the chest. Uh, because that was, uh, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. We were Jiman. Jiman. Jiman Hansu. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, playing the Fisherman King. And he was prosthetics, like from like the waist up, basically all prosthetics. Yeah. Uh, and it looked great. And again, another example of going to another kingdom and just being like, oh, this is just, there's so much culture, so much thought put into right. all of this. Yeah, agreed. Um, um, so anyways, after he gets the aggressive buy-off from them, he proceeds to attack the brine and to get more agreement? Well, basically, At this point, why forcing... doesn't he just say, fuck it, I'm going? Yeah, he's forcing, he's basically, no, well, he wants the brine's fleet. Uh, yes, so yeah. he's forcing uh, the brine to to bend the knee. Right. Or the multiple So he knees. figures starting the, the, a war with the, the brine against those troops is going to get him those troops. Is well, he, yeah. He's, he's going to kill defeat... off half of them and he's well, going like, yeah. right, I'll take what's left. He's, yeah, exactly. He's better off just getting a bunch of chum and leading the, 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 the trench with him. Like, come on, guys. Come on, <laughs> come on. Go get him. Right, right. The trench will eat anything. That's the savages. True. That's true. So, um, I was really hoping they'd do more with the trench because in the comics there is a trench queen mm-hmm. and she's like intelligent and there's like there is some backstory with the trench. Right. Uh, maybe that's something they could get into in a sequel. But they they definitely the trench are just mindless you know, cannibals. Yeah. Like in this uh, in this movie. So this scene is like the big war scene leading up to it. Yeah. So. Um, the two anything between the two armies fighting at this point? Um, no, I was going to go right into the Aquaman return. But before we even get to that, one thing I wanted to talk about was um, Ocean Masters. Uh, Ocean Masters um, helmet. Oh, so good! It was good. It's funny. Loved it. There's so many like iterations of characters, um, you know, of comic book characters in movies now where 
they do something different with their headpieces. Yeah, yeah. They went for it with Orm, not only in the fact that it is comic accurate, they also had all of the expressions in his eyes echoing through, and the jaw was, was just moving. Extended. Yeah, it yeah. was great. Oh, like, I loved it. I was curious to see how, like, as soon as I saw them putting that on, I'm like, I wonder how this is going to look. Yeah. And it looked perfect. It oh, looked dude. so cool. He they did a good job. So good. And this reminds me of the first Thor movie where they, where I was so, I loved the production design in yeah. Asgard for Thor because they had the massive helmets. Yes. And they immediately ditched them. Yeah. In the other movies, which I thought was a total waste. Um, like just seeing uh, Odin and Loki and the yeah. mat with the massive horns. Uh, it was great, and it kind of reminded me of that. They fucking went for it. Yeah. Black Manta and Orm's Orm's helmet. Looks so good, yeah. and he and he, it didn't. It looked like I don't know. I, well, I don't know what else to say about it. it. Just looked good, like you said. The expressions, yeah. the, 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 the but not only just that. His the costume, the cape looked, great looked too. amazing. Yeah, the They're, cape, the purple, like it was a perfect yeah. color. Like it just looked. Per- like it looked they ripped good. it from the pages. Yeah, and I'm not a person like I've talked about how I like seeing what's in the comics on screen. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm not advocating that it is a hundred percent necessary no, to happen. No. It's just as a comic book fan. Seeing that happen, it's yeah. nice. It's a nice yeah. little nod. But I'm not saying it's required. I'm just saying they did it in this, and they did it very well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Agreed. So um, basically, the Brine and the rest of these kingdoms that all got coerced in some form or fashion by Orm, or Ocean Master at this point, um, this underwater war ensues. And then it's promptly stopped by Aquaman and the Karathan. Karathan, yeah. Karathan, whatever. Karathan. I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm just correcting you for fun. I'm going to call it the Kraken at this point because I know how to <laughs> pronounce that. Sure. It's uh, actually Kraken. Kraken? So. Get the... F- You're kidding, right? I, I believe... I'm going to call her Jill. Now, <laughs> Aquaman and Orm fight after... The, the, basically, they find each other throughout this war and they fight... And then Arthur destroys Orm's trident even worse than Orm destroyed his. <laughs> he shatters it. It shatters. <laughs> that shouldn't happen. Yeah, the just, sheer physics cool. of that, yeah. it just doesn't make sense. He would have had to hit it at the very tip of it, and the other tip would have had to have been dug into something. I had a bone break very similarly to how that... Anyways, long story short. Um, they fight. He breaks the trident. That's when Queen Atlanta shows back up. And then yeah. there's a touching moment between yeah. the family. So one thing that I didn't mention before that I quite like, but they didn't dwell on, is the relationship between Aquaman and Orm. Yes. And Aquaman's like, there was a time, he tells him, before they fight the first time in the Ring of Fire. Yeah. Where he's like, uh, where he's like, there was a time that I wanted nothing more than to meet you. Yeah. So it was, it was actually a good moment. But they didn't. They don't dwell on it. They're like, no. "Oh, we got, we got shit to blow it up." Ju- yeah, it people, was just enough. Are, yeah, just enough. I agree. That 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 ring of fire kind of the preamble. There. The preamble yeah. there was touching because you give Orm, you see Orm kind of sympathizing, wanting to give him a way out. Yeah, doesn't quite get it, and he, Orm's not going to pull any punches. Yeah. Um. But then you also see his armor kind of crack in that too, and yeah. saying like, "I'd like to meet you in this and that." I wanted but, to meet you. Yeah. Uh, for the longest time. So this sort of wrapping up that story when the queen shows up to be like, "You're both my." Yeah. children yeah um but you're kind of a dick so yeah yeah, take you, yeah. Away. <laughs> you you're misguided she right. says um aquaman does call him a dick though in that scene yeah. like i didn't know that he turned out to be such, such a, a dick. dick i'm like yeah that's right. kind of is <laughs> yeah um so let's talk about this like this this battle this war scene it is fucking bananas. There's a it's lot compl- going on. So the brine, they don't even, they don't even wait, they don't tell you who the brine are or anything. They just show you, yeah. and they are a bunch of crustacean people. <laughs> They're just a bunch of crab people, and I loved it because the guy, I don't know who does the voice for the the, the brine king. Let me see. 
but uh, but he just sounds like a he sounds like a wily like a wily old Scotsman. You know, like I don't, I don't even know I don't even know if he's Scottish, but he's obviously like they went with a gruff like old man voice for him, like a wily one. It's like, um, uh, no way. Yep. Yep. No way. I that makes so that. much sense because yeah. I loved his voice. Sala. John Rice Davies. Yeah, oh, I did not my know that. God, acclaimed Welsh actor John Rice Davies was born yeah, not in Scotsman, but I'm in for, Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I'm not going to read it. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's huge I because didn't know that I loved his voice because uh, 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 when Orm get pins him to the ground while there is insane shit happening around, he's like, "Give me your army." He's like, "Yeah, you might be able to take my army," but he's like, "I'll never, I'll never bend the knee to you." You soft-bellied something-something. And I'm like, oh, this is great. He called him a soft belly because he's a crustacean. You get it? It's ridiculous. It's totally, <laughs> totally ridiculous. Um, they have a giant, like, lobster crab in the background that's got, like, guns attached to yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And then the Atlantis has these giant, like, eel ships and... Oh my god! And and Orm dives into the to the crustacean army, the the brine army, with like his uh, pilos. I think it's called a pilosaur. But anyway, he's just like eating people left, right, and starts stabbing people. He's got a bunch of like, oh man, I don't even know how to describe it. It's totally insane. It's, it's there's insane. It's there's, a good way to put it. And then Aquaman shows up with you know the kraken, right? The kraken and um. Jill. And he's also perfected his way of communicating with sea life with the classic comic imagery of the boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom thing where, where you have these rings of... Yeah. So he's doing that and he, he takes he controls uh, uh, the sharks that yeah. all the Atlanteans are, are riding on. And they start eating their riders? Yeah. That was the best. <laughs> that was so I was good. like, God damn, this guy's still a savage. Yeah. Like, he's like, I've learned so much that I shouldn't have, eat, I shouldn't have killed that man's father. However, fuck these soldiers. <laughs> yeah. Sharks, do your work. Yeah. Oh it's not like God. they have families. Yeah, there were so many different creatures yeah. here. Oh, it's just it's just nuts. Like I'm gonna watch that sequence like many times just to get all the details. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it looked great. It was very exciting. And again, the score really ratchets yes. things up here. Yes, yes, very, yes, very yes, good yes. score. And then seeing Jill as big and crazy as she is, I yeah. was just like, God damn! Oh, I like, loved it. It was like I said, it was a 180 from the design that I would have envisioned mm -hmm. for that monster yeah. than what we actually got. And that's not a bad thing. It's not yeah. a good thing. It's just that's how it, how they did it. <laughs> that's how they did it. That's how they did it. Then uh, then there's a great piece of advice Mara gives to Aquaman saying, make him fight on your terms. Yes. So he takes him up to the surface and they fight on the surface. And this is a... I thought this was a great fight. Yeah. And coming back to Black Panther, the Black Panther fight... At the, the end, end of the movie, was I didn't trash. I did not like it. No, it I was like, like this was a very, it was a big letdown. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was just it, this was a good fight. This yeah. was a very well choreographed fight. Heavy, um, like has a presence and weight to it. Yeah. Great choreography. I, I liked it a lot. Yep. Um, that's also where you get a little bit of the haka, right? Oh, I think in other scenes. There's a couple too. scenes too. Yeah. yeah, but then he does. Yeah, he does the haka thing before yeah. he starts fighting. I'm like, oh my god, I would have just shat myself. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's a really good video of I think it was uh, it might have been the New Zealand basketball team. Yeah, yeah. And they were against the the USA team USA, and yeah. they were doing the haka before it. Yeah. And you could see the team USA players like Jesus Christ, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. USA beat them by thirty points. Still, yeah, but I mean, 
That's right. There was a moment where they were considering not playing. <laughs> I think that was their strategy. Like, let's scare, scare them, them and see because we is. suck at yeah. basketball. Well, it's not that they suck. It's just that Team USA is absurd. Yeah, yeah. But in any case, the um, Hawk is one of the coolest things in the in the world. Yeah. Well, no, it is. It yeah. is, and uh, and he and does a little bit of great. that. At least I think it happens twice in the movie. This is one of those scenes, but uh, but yeah. And then Orm gets taken away, so he's not killed. Yeah. And you can see that there's a relationship there that might build later. Um, yes. In, in yes. other movies, and I like we'll that. talk I like, later or something yeah, like that. It's I like, like when that you're ready, we'll talk. Yes. that's what he says. Yeah. And Orm doesn't really have the standard kind of like being taken away, like ah, ah get, get you, you gadget. Yeah. Like no, it's he, basically like he's coming to his own. Realization. He's coming to his own realization. The one thing that made him hate his brother, yeah. is no longer there. His mother's right. back, right? That's so right. it's like, yeah. why am I? You know, maybe I don't need to be upset anymore. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I don't know enough about the character Ocean Master in the books. Mm-hmm. Um. However, I don't know whether his motivation is that, or if they get along, or what it is at some point. Like I know he's a villain, but in any case, yeah. I'm curious to see what these films do with it. I don't yep. necessarily. Care care what he does in the film in, yeah. the, in the books yeah, yeah i just think what they did with him in this and having him come to terms at the end and kind of potentially being an ally down the road is yeah. good and then you know the film closes out aquaman's reclaimed his birthright he's now the king of atlantis basically yep he's going to be bridging the gap between the surface world and atlantis and you get this nice touching moment at the end where yeah. atlanta goes and shows back up at the dock on yeah, at, right. at the dawn and uh, meets up with tom yeah and frankly tom takes it pretty well I would have been like, the fuck took you so long? Where the hell have you been? Yeah. I have no more hair. <laughs> yeah, that's right. She's probably looking at him. She's like, ooh. <laughs> she pops her head up. She's like, ooh. ooh. And then goes back down. He's like, oh, he doesn't look like he did before. Yeah. I think Nereus is single. I'm going back. <laughs> yeah. Nereus is her. Uh, oh, no, that's right. Uh, sorry. Is Nereus Ner- isn't? They never show the king. I don't yeah, think so. They don't show the the one that she was like arranged marriage to. Right. Yeah. Orm's father. Yes. They yeah, never yeah, show yeah. Orm's father. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's the movie, and then we have a, a small sort of like mid credit sequence where right. uh, Black Manta is still alive and gets picked up by a character named Doctor Shin, Shin, who's referenced earlier in the movie, and they want to they conspire to find Atlantis. Yeah. Essentially. And I mean, this is again, this is to compare him to Darth Vader. This is Darth Vader coming back from the ship after the Death Star gets blown yeah, up. Yeah. Right? That's right. He's in disarray. Yeah. He's screwed, but he's still out there. Yeah. And he's, I think that he's going to, I really hope that the next Aquaman film, because there's definitely going to be another one given the amount of money this movie's making. I hope so. Um, I would hope so, yeah. But um, I'm really hoping whatever they do destroys Atlantis. Like, so you get kind of of an empire feel to it to some degree. Oh, yeah. Because I really want to see Black Manta come back and come back even stronger and screw things up. up. I'm not saying, and I, I, I make this comparison a lot only because of how good empire was. It doesn't need to be empire. It doesn't need to be like the exact same tone or the yeah. same kind of, but I want Black Manta to come back and come back strong, strong, and yeah. go straight at Atlantis. Yeah, yeah, I so, agree. I uh, agree. That, yeah, that that's kind of where I'm thinking that this the franchise will hopefully go. Yeah, or explore. Because um, the guy that played Manta too, let's talk about his performance real quick. He was good. Yeah, like yeah, I said, yeah, it's really Abdul hard Mateen. to be so disliked within a minute and then be sympathized for for a minute yep. and then go back into not because at the end during that stinger yeah i sympathize with him again yeah yeah that's he's right like, he's, he's kind being of like, kind of nice and friendly to shin when yeah. you're not expecting him to that's right that's right it's just a complex character and mm-hmm. i like that and I, I can't wait to see more of him yep i agree yeah there's there was one other thing in the movie that i thought again they could have played up they didn't like they could have made orm 
a much more sympathetic character mm-hmm. uh, because they have that moment where the tidal wave goes onto the shores and they show these televised events of showing it's like all this garbage is washed up on shore. And I thought that was hilarious yeah. and very poignant where it's like basically Orm has thrown all the garbage in the sea back on land. And I'm like, that's funny and, and, and uh, timely and appropriate. Appropriate. They show it, Orm says it, he says it once, and it kind of goes away after that. Uh, I really wish they they could have, but there was so much in this movie. They pri- they obviously prioritized the fun sort of adventure feeling, the science fiction stuff, over some of those other character moments that they could have spent more time on. Right. I think it was just like a missed opportunity there to make Orm more sympathetic. Uh, Perhaps, yeah. I, I think I think he now, like Aquaman in this film, has room to grow. Right. They gave him. Um, they didn't make him unlikable, and they didn't make him unrede- irredeemable. Right. Yeah. Did I ever say that name? Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they, they they he's still a character that can grow, and I think come back as an ally in future films. Um, so I think that there's room for that, which is good. Right. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's not like a one note character. Let me just so. check my notes here real quick and see if I anything else. Something. I'm pretty much covered. Um, I think we covered all of the oh, yeah, walls a... breaking scenes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that was my that's yeah. basically my takeaway for today was I want you to know as a listener and potentially a viewer of this film how many walls got broken in this. <laughs> yeah. And when you watch the film, you'll be like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, you'll if you watch the film with that knowledge, you'll start they'll start really standing out with you. Hundo. Um the last thing I want to mention is small like there's there's a slew of small horror directors taking on massive scale movies. Uh, this is just one of them. James Wan, we already talked about his background and what he's done directing Aquaman. But Michael Doherty, who directed, wrote and directed Trick or Treat and Krampus, he is directing Godzilla, King of the Monsters, right? And David Sandberg, who did a short film called Lights Out, horror film, yep. short, like eight-minute thing, and then did a full feature film, Lights Out, and he's done a ton of other low-budget horror films. He's directing Shazam. Oh. Yeah. And uh, Adam Wingard, who did Your Next... And a lot of other, uh, among other horror movies. He's directing Godzilla vs. King Kong. Like the movie after. These are small horror directors that are getting massive movies. And it is awesome. Because mm-hmm. being these small, smaller horror directors, they really... Kn- I feel like there's something about working on a movie where you don't have a lot... You have to be mega creative. You don't yes. have a lot of budget. And you need to tell a story. And you need to scare people and build an atmosphere. That these guys, they just ha- they know it. They, they, they're familiar with that. And they're given you know, $200 million to make, to make, uh, to make a massive, massive movie. So I'm re- I really love this. I love this trend of these smaller horror directors getting these massive movies. Right. I mean, that was also because it was... I had to look up, up his name, but basically Gareth Edwards was in the same boat with yeah. Godzilla. He had done that monster shit. He sh- did. But, see, but do you see how Monsters was a smaller budget film? But, the, but the, the, actual, the actual content of that movie was very similar just in terms of scale. Sure, true, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I agree with you, but, you know, coming from a movie like... Coming from a movie like You're Next... Right. To... Go, like Godzilla versus King Kong, right? You yeah, know, like that's so. a massive jump. Gareth Edwards is a little different because Monsters was a was a movie that was kind of about giant monsters. Yeah, but certainly building atmosphere on a budget, did the effects himself. Right. Um. Very hands on. True. Um. So so yeah, these small horror directors getting these massive films, I love it. 
I think that I think that's really working. It's really working for folks. So, good job, Hollywood. You made good some job. good decisions recently. Good job. All right. Uh, well, that's the episode. I think. Yes, it is, and that was a long one, but it was, it was, a, was a lot to unpack there. Yeah, it's a very dense I regret movie. nothing. Yeah, you're you're probably listening to this, and you're off on your Christmas break, and hopefully, uh, you got a little time for the podcast. This is yeah. This is a perfect movie for the holidays. It's light. It's entertaining and kind of like fluffy. You're not going to yeah. walk away from this like really any thought provoking material or anything. But this is is definitely a demo disc too. When this comes out, I'm buying this on 4K for sure. True yeah. that. All right, folks. Well, thank you very much for listening and watching. This has been Justin. This is Utzel. Have a good, um, happy holidays, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. that's right. We'll see All you guys right. in January. Take care. Cheers. Cheers.